Everybody sells something, whether you are in promotions, customer service, or sales. Without a plan, you are looking at a near zero chance at success. Welcome to Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO with host Bill Bush. If you are looking to gain or retain your clients, this is one hour you and your business can't afford to miss. Now, here is your host, Phil Bush. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining us on Sales Execution Optimization. And I am so excited about this week's show because we're going to be talking about a topic that I, I actually don't think is talked about enough in sales, which is innovation and leadership in selling. And I cannot think of a better person to have as my guest today than Maureen Metcalf, one of my fellow hosts here on Voice America. She's the founder, CEO, and board chair of Metcalf & Associates. And she has been an expert in anticipating and leveraging future business trends to transform organizations for a long time. She's captured 30 years of experience and success in an award-winning series of books that are used by everyone to align company-wide strategy, systems, and culture with innovative leadership techniques. And Maureen, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show today and so thrilled to have you. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Phil. And I am truly honored to be on your show. It's I, I sit on the other side of the microphone, so <laughs> it's kind of cool to be the guest. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk this week about innovation and leadership in selling and I really want to get your thoughts on this because I know you've been around a lot of organizations and dealt with innovation in many ways. So I guess to open up, let's talk a little bit about what is innovative leadership just from a, a broad perspective and, and why is it so important and particularly as it might relate to sales? So let me start big picture. Why is innovation and leadership important? And, yeah. and I would say this is across the board. So I've worked in several industries and uh, for-profit, non-profit and NGOs. And it seems to be a consistent phenomena that leaders are just incredibly busy. And so in their daily work, which is generally not an eight-hour day, but a 12-hour, a 14- or a 16-hour day, they spend all of their effort doing the work of the business. And what's left, they don't have the time to innovate or update how they lead or how they mm -hmm. think about leadership. They're, they're spending all their time innovating the company. And so if we were in person, I would hold up my mobile device, which I realize you can't <laughs> see on the radio, uh, and ask our listeners, how many of you have updated your mobile in the last year or yeah. two years? Uh, most, of the, most of the time I do this, the audiences I'm talking to aren't using a flip phone, yeah. right? Oh, no. and, and yet many people are working from the inner algorithm or the thinking, the mindset, the behavior that they did three years ago or five years ago. And we fail to consider that as leaders, our core deliverable is leading. And yet we let ourselves depreciate and our leadership skills, my core competency depreciates because it stayed the same and the world has, has changed. Yes. And, and so why the, I am so passionate about this is, especially in the role of coach on occasion, I've seen people that I really admire and appreciate kind of time out of their roles, get fired, because mm. they were hired as a rock star, and 
and uh, fortunately, it's not usually my clients who get fired if they're actively doing the work of innovating. But certainly people that I've, I've helped move to a certain level and then off they go and they don't need to do any more in their mind. And then they're out on the street and it's terribly traumatic because they're good, hardworking, conscientious leaders. And so they're shocked when they're, um, when, when they get to the point where they're not just sliding behind, but they're exited from this very company that they've dedicated in many cases, years of service to. Right. And Maureen, you know, as it relates back to my core competency sales, I see that a lot in the sales world because it happens more than I think people realize. So, Phil, I'd be curious how taking the construct that I just talked about, the idea that we innovate how we lead, how does that translate specifically to sales? Well, I, I think the bottom line is you know, we, t- we live in a world, and I know you talk about this a lot in the, w- in the work that I have read of yours, you know, we live in an ever faster changing world. Business in particular is, is changing at very fast velocity all the time. So as a result, you know, leaders, especially in sales, if they are particularly good, well, they've got to be thinking of new ways to approach customers new ways to build relationships, new ways to build success in revenue and dr- driving revenue. And so it, it, what I see a lot of is I see a lot, to your point, of really good people trying to do it, but sometimes, not through any fault of their own, they just find themselves in the wrong place or wrong role at the wrong company. And mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot. So I think your point is very well taken. It, it happens. We see it a lot. Both of us do. So, so I realize I'm diverting our conversation a little bit. Yeah, but okay. I would be curious about some specifics. So something like people, a general statement, I see leaders overcompete at the expense of where do I compete and where do I collaborate? Yeah. What in the sales space can you point to one or two specific behaviors or mindsets, how I think about selling, that mm. is evolving and leaders are missing it? Yeah. Great question. Great point, Maureen. I will tell you this. In many cases, and this is, now this is different. We have an international audience, and I know you do as well. But in America in particular, we are still, by and large, driven by the quarterly revenue monster. And as, as a result, many sales leaders take on what I would call as bad behaviors to drive revenue. And what it does is it, they, they try to do what – and this is just my own phrase to your point. You know, It's what I call making your customer go through unnatural acts to do business. And it's mm-hmm. a bad idea. I see it all the time. And I always know when I'm seeing it. What is typically happening is that sales leader has been given a target and they're going to hit that target no matter what. And sometimes the problem is putting customers into unnatural positions. Customers have got long memories for that kind of behavior and it's not good. Mm -hmm. 
So I've seen that a lot. And, and so don't make your customer go through unnatural acts. And if you're an innovative leader, the, the ones who are particularly good in sales that I've found, find a way to manage up and manage down and manage all around. They are, they are particularly innovative because they've got to manage all levels of relationship from their bosses to their, their people who they work with to their customers. And that's the, what you have to do in sales innovation these days. Cool. And so that sounds like both a mindset and a skill set. Yes, very much. Very well said, Maureen. And again, this is why it's great to have you on this show is because this is I know this is what you talk about with people at all levels all the time. You know, do you uh, have you and uh, you've been doing this, I know, for some time. Do you see leaders moving towards innovation on a more regular basis, especially recently? You know, it, it, it's interesting that it comes in waves and it often comes when someone has an unfortunate event. So, mm. so our, our company isn't doing as well. It's also happening on the side of someone's getting promoted and they yeah. know they need to upgrade their skills. So, so I work with a university and in one of the colleges, every time someone gets promoted, they get someone to help them enhance their leadership skills. So it's not the failure. So there were several organizations, I believe, that have identified kind of the succession planning point. Uh-huh. Each time I take a jump, I build in, I help my people who are getting promoted upskill Right, Because we know that phrase, we often use it, but I don't know that people systematically have a way to deal with it. What got you here won't get you there. Yeah. And that's all catchy and everything, but what does that mean when I show up tomorrow? Right. Very well said, Maureen. And I I couldn't agree with you more. And again, I think you, you bring a mindset to innovation about, I guess for lack of a better term in this, I know these are not your words, but Forgive me for kind of uh, of saying it, but you almost got to reinvent yourself as you are being innovative. So that's why we called it innovating how you lead. So uh, not just leading innovation. Uh-huh. That's a different thing. But I'm yeah. actually innovating myself as the product. If I'm yeah. back to our our mobile. It, I wouldn't think about having a phone in a bag over my shoulder unless it was my purse, right? I'm not, I don't use a bag phone. I I would look, I don't even know that I could get it serviced if it broke down. I would look ridiculous and I would be not, it wouldn't meet the needs I had. And yet I hear my clients say things that were prevalent thinking when bag phones were, the rage or, right. or the laptop that was the size of a small suitcase. Yes. Oh, I remember those days and my, my neck and back still hurt from those <laughs> days, actually. So and I know would... exactly what you mean. Oh, yeah. And Fair. it's it's obvious when you're carrying a, a big suitcase for a computer, right? You, you can point yeah. to a physical thing. It's harder to point to, even when I look in the mirror in myself, where am I outdated in my leadership thinking? And what what are my ongoing practices to stay current? Right. Because it's not like I update, I can go out and buy a new phone and I update it once a year or every two years, whatever, whenever my 
cell phone company tells me I can. Yeah. And so there's a prompt or the thing breaks. Um, yeah. For me as a leader, do I have the, the prompts to encourage me to update like I do with, again, a tangible device? Right. So here's an interesting question, and, and this, I think, really summarizes it to what you and I have been talking about. Is it not the case that right now, and I'm talking about we're in 20, the beginning of 2017, and one of the things I remember you know, talking to folks a number of years ago, you know, I, I mean, you and I have both been in business for some time, Maureen, but you know, the 90s it was a long time ago for some people. But, you know, for us, it was kind of almost the good old days now, you know, and uh, what's really funny about that is I, I always say to this point, isn't it the case that a, a leader needs to be more innovative today because of the changes that are going on in the business community? So I often cite the statistic from Ray Kurzweil, who is the, or was, was or is the chief engineer at Google. So, so the, right. one of those organizations that is helping us innovate. Right. He's saying that the rate of technology change in this century, so 2000 to 2100, will mm-hmm. be 20,000 times what it was in the last century. Unbelievable. So, That's so think astonishing. About, oh my gosh. How has That's incredible. So oh. I, I look at my mobile again. Yeah. And yeah. I have more information at my fingertips sitting in, in an office away from even my, my place of business yeah. on, on a little thing than the president had when it was the era of President Reagan. Right. So it wasn't that long ago. And because of the nature of change... You know, it seems to me that going back to, you know, this is kind of what I would say is your kind of main focus is the notion of innovation and leadership. And I'll say it in selling. It's so critical to to keep up, to extend, to change with the times. Seems like it's so critical now. So so let's go to the example of SEO. I remember when I created my first website. (laughs) Right, there, there, yeah. it was terrible, frankly, by today's oh, terms. Oh yeah, but by today's terms. Was... Yeah, they were all terrible <laughs> by today's terms. Of course, it was cool then. Absolutely, sure. And SEO wasn't even a thing. No. no. Now I I do a radio show. I do blog posts. Uh, there were several different tactics I take to sell my business, mm-hmm. and. Part of what I have to do is stay ahead of all of the other people who do the same thing so that I'm gaining a share of the eyeballs right. because we're inundated. You know, at one point I could post an article on LinkedIn. Now everyone, everyone who has a computer it. posts on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, how do I continue? So as the leader in selling my business, mm-hmm. I have to remain aware of the tactics and competent and ahead of the game Plus, I have to do all the old tactics. I still write press yeah. releases regularly and write books and, and all that. Sure. It's not like I get to give up anything. No. It, it's, I have to keep adding to the funnel and right. experimenting. That's the other thing I talk about. As we innovate, there is no roadmap that says, right. if I do this, I'm guaranteed. So no. 
leaders, sales leaders, other leaders, I would say the way I talk about it is taking on the mind of the scientist. So uh, I don't have the the formula. No. I have to experiment. I have to be okay with making mistakes. And so I have to scale my experiments small, make small investments, look at the data. So this isn't some pie in the sky thing. I look right. at the data and I also realize what has a longer term payback that may not have initial data. And so there, there's a balance between my gut and my numbers. Right. So let's summarize for our audience the, the, the wonderful commentary you just did. You know, the notion of being innovative and having innovative leadership in selling is very important, particularly in this era of constant change. Leaders sometimes move that way and sometimes they don't. You made the great comment that sometimes they, they have to move out to move up and move on. And then the final thing I would say, just to summarize your wonderful commentary, is we're dealing now with an ever-increasing pace of change. And it's not going to slow down. You can't give anything up. You're just going to get more added to your plate. Simple enough, Maureen? Simple, but not easy to manage. Not easy. Oh, no. And we'll be right back to talk more with our wonderful guest, Maureen Metcalf, right after this on Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverin by email at psbmaverin at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. To reach Phil Bush or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net. Now, back to Sales Execution Optimization. And welcome back folks around the world who are listening in and Maureen I think we're getting an education from a master on her on at her, at her craft here which I uh, really am very very thankful for audience having this experience Maureen this before I forget how can people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you thank you for asking that so either email me info mm-hmm. at metcalf-associates.com 
So that was okay. one of the learnings. I never would have had a, <laughs> a website that was that long if people had to spell it out. You can go on Facebook if you're on Facebook and mm-hmm. message me on Innovative Leaders, Driving Thriving Organizations. That's the name of the show. And I I love to hear from our listeners. One of the things yes. I think listeners don't know is as a guest or as a host, I rarely actually get a message. And right. I I just got a message that from our our shared producer that I've had over 400,000 listens year to date. I've had zero emails. Wow. So if anyone has a question, I would Fire love away. to hear from you. Oh, absolutely. So please, folks, dial in. You heard the number. I'll say it again, 866-472-5790. Email us, call. And Maureen, I know you've been doing this much longer than I have. And like I said, I'm dealing with a master at her craft here. And you are it's great to have you along for the ride here. And I wanted to talk about next, you know, having innovative leadership in sales, some examples for our audience of what it might look like. And, and it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just things that you see. And I really wanted to, you know, so some of those key elements that I, that I think you spelled out for me earlier, I thought were very good. But you talked about the nature of professionally humble. What does that mean from your perspective? You know, it's, it's interesting because there's a professionally humble and then there's a false humility. Yeah. It, for me, professionally humble is, I know I've tried these experiments. I know I am a work in process and I've yeah. made enough mistakes that my ego really, I don't think very often gets in the way. Right. Because I, I know what it takes to get here. And I also know all of, I'm the only one who looks at myself in the mirror every morning and sees every single flaw. Yeah. I know every failing I've ever had. It's hard for me to think I'm perfect because I, I personally lived through each of those. So oh, yeah. it's, it's moving beyond that bravado that happens earlier, right? If I looked back at when I started my career and I thought I had all the answers Boy, at this point in my career, I'm sure I have more answers than I did then, but yeah. I also realize how much I don't know yet. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. And Maureen, I think it's also kind of the reason why I do a lot of sales coaching. And people say, well, why do you coach? Why don't you just do in sales management, sales in sales? I say, I coach sellers because I don't want to see them go down the path that I went down when I was younger. Because, as you said, boy, did we make a lot of mistakes when we were younger. Wow. Yeah. And so yep. I don't want to make – I don't want to see anyone go down those paths. So I try to advise sellers and sales management leadership all the time. I don't think you want to head down that path because even though it may look pretty good, it doesn't – it's not going to turn out good for you. And I think that's what I try to get across to people on a pretty constant basis. So, you know, that, that's what I've seen, at least, Maureen. Well, and th- that's that I put others, I don't have to compete with them, right? right? I, I, it, it's a collective success. What I've learned raises the success of everyone. Yeah. And uh, while I am still learning and doing as you are, mm-hmm. there is also a something about that humility that says, I don't have to beat you. No. 
And that's a great point, Maureen. One of the things I was asked, one of my offerings that I do for my customers, do something called account execution planning, which is building out a particular plan for a particular sales opportunity or engagement. And one of the things I was asked by, by somebody, a very senior person in a very large company says, how, how do you go into these meetings? I say, I go in never thinking I'm the smartest person in the room. I can learn just like everybody else can. I'm just trying to take people down a good path. That's my goal. And so the, these mindsets are intermingled, but that idea that you may be the smartest at your niche, yeah. and yet this ties to the, the bigger challenges we're facing, that no one person can now solve most of the problems we face. Right. I need you to be brilliant at your perspective. I need somebody else with a different perspective who's also brilliant. And then the real power of the leader, whether it's the official formal leader or somebody who takes that role of synthesizer, to look at the multiple brilliance in the room and right. come to a solution that may not look like anything any unique person put forward, but our collective product is just much bigger than any one of us would have created. Right. And you made a comment, and you commented in, in some of the notes you, you share with me. You talked about that specifically. You said that great leaders are innately collaborative, which I think is so important for the sales execution optimization crowd to hear. Why is that so important? It's so I want to one again. I can't. I don't have all of the answers, and I never will. Right. In a world that is this complex, that may have been true decades ago, but it's not true now. Right. So. The other is, for many complex situations, not only do I not have the information, but unlike where we were running an assembly line where people just showed up and did what they were told, I need the hearts and minds to, to take a term that applied to something else. Yeah. I, need, I need people to be, their heart to be in it, not just yeah. doing it because Maureen said so or Phil said so. Yes. And so they need to be involved often in the process. Now, that doesn't mean for those people who are thinking they're hearing everyone gets involved in everything, that is not at all what I'm saying. I get the appropriate people involved based on their expertise and how much buy-in is required. Right. And that kind of ties back into one of your other points, which I think is so important. Leaders are highly authentic and reflective. And I think that is a great comment about being a leader. And and this again ties to the humility. I I am value centered, and I'm I'm focused on how I how my behavior impacts other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm committed to personal growth and development. That that authenticity. And again, I I feel like I'm saying what it's not as much as what it is. Yeah. But authentic doesn't mean I say everything that comes into my mind. I'm aware of the context in which I'm operating, and I bring forth that part of my authentic voice that is of service to the, yeah. the, the mission, right? right? So I may have another conversation going on in my head that in this setting on the radio with listeners from around the world never comes out of my mouth. I'm not being inauthentic. I am sure. authentically expressing what will allow us, everyone who's listening, 
to be better for having invested their time in this show. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a great, that's a great point, Maureen. And, you know, you, but you've laid out these things. And again, folks, whether you're a sale, seller or a sales leader, what Maureen is talking about here is the characteristics of, of how to do it right. And sometimes, and you made a point, Maureen, sometimes it's about what you don't do. And I, I think that's part of the learning process in anything we do, mm-hmm. but particularly in sales. I think it's the way it is. And I've told people all the time, you know, and you made the comment earlier, look, we still make mistakes all the time. It doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes. It means we're going to hopefully handle the situations better than we did the first time around. So this absolutely, to build on what you just said, ties to that mind of the scientist. Because yeah. I will continually, over the rest of my career, given the rate of change, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm growing, I'm going to be in situations I wasn't in before. I'm going to be required on an ongoing basis to learn. So this highly authentic and reflective is, part is being authentic, the other is reflective. So oh, yes. I am, as the scientist... I step back after, after an interaction and really truly evaluate what worked and what didn't work. And, you know, often, at least for me, there's that, oh, I wish I hadn't done that or I wish I hadn't said it yeah. that way. And sure. if we catch it in the moment, we can, we can say, from the look on your face, I thought I was being funny and you have a look of horrified. So clearly yeah. what sounded brilliant in my head didn't sound brilliant to you. <laughs> let, right. let, let it step it back. Right. So I'm again in that scientist mode. I'm expecting that I'm going to make mistakes. I will reflect and I will learn and continue to evolve. So that here's where the mindset is different. If I'm the old command and control, I expect to be in charge and have the right answers. As a scientist, I expect to be continually learning. And part of that is I may learn as much from a, a improper experiment mm-hmm. than I do from a good experiment. And yeah. as much as I say that as, as a scientist, that's true. As a human, I still don't want to be no. less than amazing. But you said what, you know, one of the things you said again, it, which I think is important and you talked about it in different contexts already, but the notion of a, a leader is able to connect with people at all levels and create a shared vision. And that is so critical in sales because if you're a sales leader and you cannot get your sellers to go down pass and, and acknowledge in advance, hey, I'm learning from you just like you're learning from me, you're going to have typically a bunch of sellers who are running their own race, their own way, their own speed, and that usually doesn't turn out very well. So, so, in my words, that would be then co-creating with my sellers yes. the vision of this future world. And the next step would be then what what role do each of us play in getting there? We're, again, bringing back in collaboration. There are right. going to be areas where you're better. There are areas where I'm yeah. better. And I'm not less than because I can't do your job. Right. It's how do we collectively work toward that bigger vision, and and I think that's in some cases where we, we, if I don't have a bigger vision and I don't have those values or guiding principles about how we operate, 
it's easy to get twisted up. And I want to give a concrete example of this yeah. because I, I'm imagining there are people who are saying, stop with the new age crap, right? We've all heard. <laughs> of course. Um, we, I'm actually attending a, a master certification program right now. And one of our guiding principles is to be fully present. Mm. Well, what that means is when I open my laptop to take notes, I shouldn't be checking email. Yeah. I get twitchy when I don't check my email. Uh. It's really hard for me to not, <laughs> I'm really literally twitchy. Uh, and yeah. so I, I violate my principle and I, but I try to minimize it at least. Right. right. So we, ha we have some guidelines that we've all agreed to and we know we violate them a little bit. Yeah. But what is our agreement about how we operate to accomplish this greater vision, which for this certification is a global group of people studying a certain technology uh -huh. to make a, an outcome in the world that we all value. So right. that vision means I'm willing to deal with the twitchiness in myself, not checking email. Sure. But well, if there's you know, a bigger purpose, yeah. why would I bother? Uh, it's fair. But, you know, what you just talked about was one of the things that I asked you to, to really comment on is, you know, and, and this may seem going back to the new age stuff, but, you know, practice still does help. So how does one get better at, at being innovative and sale, whether you be in sales or not, I think you're going to you, you probably already answered this question. But, you know, I guess it is just practicing the concept and, and demonstrating that to the, your peers or your subordinates or whatever. Is that fair? Yeah. I, I, so I would say there are a couple of pieces for me, and I think you hit on them. One is continually bringing in new information. And the yeah. fact that people are actually listening to your radio show means they're taking in new information, right? Yeah. So listening, reading, the second piece, and you said the words, but I want to reinforce it, is practicing it. Yes. That I have to, I think of how many times I've heard people refer to one of a book that I have used as some of our foundation, Good to Great. They all talk about being a level five leader. That's great at parties. What yeah. are you doing on Monday do? morning? Right. What are you makes doing you about it? Exactly. Well said. I think, Maureen, that's brilliant because it's really easy when you're at a party to do. But or, uh, or in a staff meeting. We all talk about it. Yeah, I'll talk about it. But uh, going back to the, uh, the great Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men, deep down at places you don't want to talk about at parties, you need that person to be innovative on that wall, not just at the party, right? They got to be doing it for real. So, so let me add then a couple other things into the equation. Yeah. So I need for my people to understand what innovative looks like. Yes. I need to create a culture that supports it, and I need to create systems and processes that support it. Otherwise, again, we can say we want creative like we want level five leaders. And mm -hmm. then I've worked in organizations that, in fact, sent people to get fixed because they right. were, in fact, level five leaders, and the organization didn't like it. Yes. So you say I, you want an innovative leadership cult or innovative sales leadership. Yeah. You, you need to be very clear. What does it look like behaviorally? What actions am I looking for? Right. What 
what culture do we create? What agreements as a sales team and a leadership, organizational leadership team, do we create to support innovative sales leadership or innovative sales? And right. what systems and processes are we actually penalizing people because of our compensation system that right. doesn't support innovation? It supports what you talked about when we came on, this transactional ineffective mm-hmm. behavior. Business as usual is our enemy in this situation, it would seem to me. And yet I, as a single contributor, can't necessarily change the entire system, but I can change what I do. I can change the few people around me. And some of it's changing agreements, changing how you and I agree to work is a huge start. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really interesting, Maureen, because we talk, you know, what I wanted to make sure we, we got from this segment in particular was some examples of, of, of you know, uh, innovative sales leadership, which you gave, you know, professionally humble, the nature of, of being highly authentic and reflective, being collaborative, and I, I think in having, being able to help inspire a shared vision amongst both peers, amongst the workers who work for you, even amongst the higher levels who you work for. And now you've just, I think, really put a bow around it by saying, hey, you've also got to be aware that your systems and processes have to reflect the innovation you want to achieve. Is that a fair way to say it? That is beautifully summarized. Yeah. Well, I'm glad glad I didn't get it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) but that's beautiful because i think that's so critical for everyone so those of you out listening in sales execution optimization you know don't don't settle for the status quo if you're if you're being challenged and told to be innovative know that a lot goes with that but you're hearing from a master of her craft here about the ways to get there and no is it going to be perfect no, it never is. Is it going to change? You bet. It's going to keep changing. But the and better so, you do. Sorry. So, so part of yeah. that expectation of change is this mindset of experimentation. Of course, right. we're going to get it directionally correct, but not perfect. How do we create yes. the culture that says, of course, that's what we're looking for? Because that means we're, we're learning back. and trying. And we're going to come back and talk about that in our final segment here on Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO with Maureen Metcalf talking about innovation and leadership. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverin by email at psbmaverin at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
is Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. To reach Phil Bush or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net. Now, back to Sales Execution Optimization. Well, we are having a wonderful time. Those of you listening, uh, you are hearing from a master of her craft here talking about innovation and leadership. And today, of, of course, it's about selling because we're all about sales execution optimization. And Maureen, you gave some wonderful examples there of what, uh, you know, what the key elements are in innovative sales leadership. And I think that was spectacular. And what I really wanted to do in this segment was to let you kind of kind of finished up that last thought, which I thought was wonderful. And then I want to try and talk about things that our listeners can walk away with, things they could do tomorrow, tomorrow morning, tomorrow, whatever, and be more innovative in their approaches to things. Phil, thank you. So just to recap that point that when we're asking human beings to change, one, I have to understand, and it has the change, if I really am going to internalize it, not just comply, I need to understand why, why should I do this and align my behavior with my values. Yeah. The culture of the organization, so often we say we want people to behave differently because someone read it in HBR or Harvard Business Review or whatever, they went to a class, mm-hmm. and yet they don't consider the implicit and explicit agreements we have as a a group of people working together. And so an example out of the sales arena, but implementing a computer system that would require people, something like Salesforce, right? Now I have to make visible what I'm doing. And in some cases that means, well, in all cases, it means I'm spending more time entering data means people are checking on what I'm doing, or they can, right? So we, I may have started in the organization in a time that said, I'm basically running my little autonomous business. I just have to send you sales. Mm-hmm. Now we've moved to an environment in many cases where I'm expected to be interconnected. Before I call on someone, I have to look up in Salesforce and make sure somebody else doesn't have this client. I have to negotiate all of those interactions. And is it a client that belongs to corporate or to a region? And so as we make these changes, as we innovate, updating the agreements is foundational or the the point of Salesforce. I've seen a lot of cases where people say our salespeople just won't do it. They they refuse. They'll say they'll do it. But when I go check in the system, nobody's put anything in. So it's how do we truly change the culture and the systems? How do I reinforce and reward because we've all been embarrassed when we called on someone and we find out the guy down the hall just had met with them and the client right. thinks we're a bunch of goofballs at yes. best. Oh, at best. I've seen it before. You're absolutely right. So, you know, one of the things you talk about a lot is the notion of continual learning. I've seen that in your writing. I see it here. So I guess if you're going to be an innovative leader and in whatever field you're in, of course, we talk about sales on this show. But it's about continually learning and never sitting still. Is that right? 
It is. So this is, again, I keep going back to this mind of a scientist. As a scientist, I am conducting ongoing experiments. So Mm -hmm. if you use the term practice, what I'm practicing is those experiments. Each week, I, I suggest on my show, and I live in my life, I'm always trying something new. And... I want to be careful because I don't know how people hear the word experiment. Yeah. What what small behavior, what small change in my thought process can I try out with people I trust, right? right. So, so good scientists live a long time. They don't blow themselves up in their laboratories <laughs> or, or get fired. So, well, we so right. <laughs> right? So if I want to try something, I'm going to pick a couple of places to experiment with mm-hmm. people I trust and get feedback. So, so I may be talking about a personality type or something that is, I, I think of an example, I, a colleague started trying to do this. I'll summarize back to you something you've said. And he sounded like a total goofball. So what I heard you say is you just got off the airplane. Well, yeah, goofball. You yeah. just picked me up from the airport. So, yes, I just got I How do you summarize back in a way that the person feels heard, but they don't feel like you've just spent half of the time together parroting back what they said because it right. gets annoying. Oh, yeah. Right, seen so, that so, before. Oh boy. <laughs> right. So, how do we try these new skills and safely experimenting mm-hmm. and understanding that we're experimenting, understanding that we're practicing? So, right. when I go into my biggest client, I have already, I'm not conducting an experiment with them. Right. I'm conducting an experiment with my best friend at dinner. Yeah. With drinks. Different. That's a great point. Great point, Maureen. And I, I, I talk about this a lot in, in sales execution optimization. One of the things that I encourage sellers, managers, anybody in the sales realm to do, practice. And whether you practice on your best friend, as you suggest, mm-hmm. you don't practice with your biggest client. That's not the place to practice. If, for if people, you do that, wow. For people who golf, they go out to the range and they hit balls. Yeah. Are we taking the same level of care to develop practices to build our core skills, sales execution, sales leadership? Yeah. If I spend an hour or two hours a week practicing before I even go on the golf course, right? To, and maybe it's at home swinging in front of a mirror or something. Something. Am I dedicating the same amount of weekly practice to that thing that pays my bills. Mm -hmm. Great point. And, and, you know, I'm going to ask you a question, which I already know the answer to based on what you just said, but it sounds to me like what you're suggesting, which I think is a good thing is, you know, innovation is learned behavior, right? It, it is. And, and I keep saying mindset and behavior. Mm-hmm. When I think of myself as a scientist, then I don't get tripped up as much by not being perfect. Right. That so I, I need to ch- be aware of how I'm thinking about myself. And yes, then I have to keep doing it on days that I just don't want to. No different than working out. Yeah, right. I want to go eat ice cream and <laughs> drink wine and and then go fall on my sofa. I don't right. want to eat kale 
no. a whole bunch of water and get on the Nordic track. But yeah. if I want to look the way I want to look, I, I opt for kale instead of ice cream. Yeah. Well, I think that's really, a, I mean, you're absolutely right, Maureen. I think that's a great point. And what I would encourage everyone to do is really, and this is really where, Maureen, I want you to talk a little bit about what the best ways are. And I know you've written tremendous amounts on this topic, but give people some ways that they can can be more innovative, whether they be in sales or not. We're going to assume many of the folks listening in today are in the sales profession, but whether you are or not, mm-hmm. what are the best ways for them to become more innovative? So I have a series of workbooks, as you said, and thank you for saying that. And also, if you don't want to buy a book, you can go to the blog, you can listen to the radio shows, and the the workbooks really walk you through a structured process. There are examples of other people who have gone through this process, and Mm -hmm. all but one of the workbooks, all of the workbooks, are real-life people who've gone through this. It's not you know, paid actors, right? So you're seeing the real situation a, a little bit sanitized because not everyone wants to share everything they've done with folks that don't know them. Right. But So there's a the first step is understanding who I am, so my vision and values, so who I am at my core. So when we talk about being authentic, what do I stand for? And what do I stand against? And then I do a SWOT analysis, so strengths weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, the same stuff right. we do on our businesses, doing yes. it for myself. And so I, and, and this is something that almost when you do your new year's resolutions, do you think about this year? What am I, what do I want to update my vision? What are my strengths? What am I committing to building one or two then create that development plan. Sometimes the development plan is just, I'm going to learn how to get better at a tactical thing, better at using Salesforce. Right. I'm going to work out more. That's always there. Um, That's always there (laughs) for all of us. (laughs) Then, and then that, the question of as the world's changing, how, what is that one thing I want to get better at that will put me ahead of others doing the same job so that I can be exceptional. Yeah. So, so having that kind of one thing I want to keep practicing, then it's who is my guiding team? So if we talk about experimenting with the small experiments, with people who will give us honest feedback, so it could be people on my team, it could be a peer, could be a friend, who, who do I trust to say, you said you were going to do this and you did that? Or I've seen you make a lot of progress. I realize you don't feel it, but here's what I saw at the beginning of the year, and here's what I see three-fourths of the way through the year. So so someone who's outside of me who can give me the objective feedback because I live in my body and I I don't experience myself the way other people do. Right. And then implementing those, and and so identifying barriers that are going to get in my way, and either adjusting my plan or dealing with the barriers. Mm-hmm. And and I think for many of us, we're our own biggest barrier. Yes. Habit. I so, agree. So I'm, in essence, when I change a behavior, I'm rewiring the neural pathways in my brain. Right. So the practice thing, it's just I have to build new brain paths. And sometimes that hurts. And yet... Yeah understanding and being gentle with myself. Yeah. And then eventually these things become a habit. 
They do. And that's a great point, and it leads us to a great summary of what has been a phenomenally great show, Maureen. Just so many things I think people can take away here. Let me try to start summarizing, and please feel free to jump in here. But you, you talked initially about the nature of how important it is to be an innovative leader, especially in selling, but in any field. We also talked a little bit about the nature of sometimes leaders are, are trying, people are moving, trying to be more innovative. Sometimes they're not, maybe the environment they're in does not allow for it, but they are still trying. And, and then you also talked about the nature of being innovative uh, as a seller because of the change, the pace of change is ever increasing and it's going to keep going that way right through the end of this century. Uh, faster and faster and faster. So you got to be innovative because we're going in a, at a, a speed that we didn't believe. So I think that's just phenomenal stuff. And I thought you did an, a really nice job talking about the nature of what it looks like being professionally humble, basically being intellectually versatile, being a highly authentic and, and, and reflective person, being co co collaborative, and being helping create shared vision. And then I think just now you really left us with some things that you can go work on tomorrow and you as a seller can do it. So Maureen, cannot thank you enough for being guest on this show. You did a phenomenal job. Really appreciate everything you've uh, talked about here. And I hope our audience takes advantage of your great show in the future and listens and learns from a master of her craft. So thank you. Phil, it's an honor to be included on your show. I've been looking forward to this for a really long time. So, well, folks, thank it's you. great, Maureen. No, Maureen, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. We hope to be back with sales execution optimization again. But if not, it has been great being a host on Voice America Network. Wonderful people. Maureen Metcalf, tremendous job. I hope everyone jumps in and listens to Maureen's great discussion points about innovation because innovation is going to make the world go round more and more and faster and faster in the 21st century. So folks, listen in and don't ever forget, ladies and gentlemen, sales execution optimization is the new SEO. And for our entire Voice America staff, this is Phil Bush and we will see you down the road. Thank you for listening this week. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, can be heard live every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.